0: how the investigations into corruption via Hunter Biden, whereby the Biden family brought in more than 20 million for God knows what. I mean, basically purchased influence. That's really interesting is that people are leaning into it that are, that are supporters of Biden. Uh, and it's, it's showing up as the dark Brandon meme. So Biden so,
1: supporters are the ones spreading this dark Brandon
0: meme. Mm-hmm. Well, what I've noticed about irony today which I think is really interesting, is that irony is both 100% ironic and 100% earnest. This, well, is, this, this is, is actually a much more powerful thing.
1: We talk about a lot with presidential campaigns is one of the biggest mistakes you can make is to try to run without obvious flaws, mm-hmm. because then people will make up flaws for you. And that was one of Trump's biggest strengths, mm-hmm. is people knew what his flaws were. And I think moments like that, when he's first getting on the wealthiest person's list, that he can't even afford his own PR agent, and he is pretending to be his own PR agent to talk himself up, I think shows the reality of the situation. And but if we talk about his finances at the time, you know, the left will, will take this, this is a damning thing. So when we we're like, dude, this guy has hustle. This guy makes things happen. The way Trump actually got rich, because I think a lot of people don't really understand what he did. Would you like to know more? Hello, Simone. It is wonderful to be chatting today. I am really excited for this one.
0: Well, as you know, because we're huge fans of Susie Weiss, who writes Mm -hmm. for the Free Press, I try to follow as many of their publications as I can. And one of my favorites that's not by her, because I really just go there for her, is called TGIF, where they do a news roundup. And I was reading in today's TGIF about dark Brandon, this really interesting thing that's trending. So let me, let me kick this off by describing what's going on here. Cause I feel like this is just so intriguing. I can't, wait, I can't wait, not dive into it. Brandon. like dark Brandon. Stuff. Yeah. So let's, let's start with some background, right? At one point there was a baseball game where someone was being interviewed and the audience were chanting in the background while someone was being interviewed, you biden again and again so you biden and then the the interviewer a woman very charitably thought that the person that she was interviewing was being cheered on she says oh they're all saying let's go brandon which is really sweet and so moving forward virally the phrase let's go brandon became basically shorthand for you biden which you know, has has been very fun. So obviously well, this yeah, has...
1: And the reason why is it was seen as the way that the press just distorted anything they saw about the world or anything they heard into a positive message for progressives.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. And what's interesting now is it appears to be that... Brandon, as a meme, is now being appropriated by Biden supporters. So basically, what, what was covered in TGIF by the Free Press this week was how the investigations into corruption via Hunter Biden, whereby the Biden family, well, President Biden was vice president, brought in more than 20 million for God knows what. I mean, basically purchased influence and you know, to your point about the, the mainstream media, there's very little coverage of, of this this investigation. But what's going on that's really interesting is that it, people are leaning into it that are, that are supporters of Biden. Uh, and it's, it's showing up as the like dark Brandon meme.
1: So Biden so- supporters are the ones spreading this dark Brandon meme
0: mm-hmm. so the, what what the free press basically said was uh, Biden's campaign has embraced the new YOLO middle finger vibe. The top selling products on his campaign website for this week are dark branded items. The old saying goes, never explain it, never apologize. And these are literally like so the the dark branded mean is is sort of like it's 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 images of Biden, but with like evil shining eyes. And literally you can click over to the Biden campaign website and see, like mugs and t-shirts. Like I'm on shop.joebiden.com slash dark dash t-shirt.
1: I can imagine two reasons for this happening. Okay. And they're both really interesting. One could be that what they actually see as, as one of Biden's biggest weaknesses going into this next campaign cycle is that he's just a pussy and he's not terribly interesting. And this is a way to imbue him... With, with agency, with power. Mystery and danger in the same way that I think drove many people to Trump and that he actually embodies those things and <laughs> it, it, for, for a lot of people. But then the other way to look at it is it's just a middle finger to you know, within their cultural group, things like let's go, Brandon have become such a sign of people who aren't in their cultural group and people who they detest. That they are embracing this completely ironically. Which of those do you think is is more what's happening?
0: Well, what I've noticed about irony today, which I think is really interesting, is that irony is both 100% ironic and 100% earnest. So I think people who are buying Dart Brandon merchandise. 100% are like, oh yeah, snub it to the people. You know, I'm appropriating your appropriation. I'm going to take your meme and throw it back at you. But at the same time, they're kind of like, yeah, I have a badass dark leader. He's playing 4D chess. He, he'll take, you know, you know, payments under the table. And it doesn't matter. That's how badass he is. And I think part of us, maybe we want a strongman kind of leader. I mean, there's that old research that found that people who look presidential get elected for president. Maybe this is people wanting their president to be a strongman. And frankly, because right now people are concerned about President Biden being senile, being out of it, not actually being in control. Yeah. This, well, is, this, this is this is actually law. a much more powerful thing.
1: We talk about a lot with presidential campaigns is one of the biggest mistakes you can make is to try to run without obvious flaws. Mm-hmm. Because then people will make up flaws for you. And that was one of Trump's biggest strengths. Mm-hmm. Is people knew what his flaws were. Meanwhile... One yet, of you look she
0: was her trying movie. to be Little Miss Perfect. Yeah, so... she was trying to be
1: everything to everyone in, in a big way. Yeah. And what that meant is, is everybody who didn't like her, one, it makes you suspicious of someone when they don't show obvious character flaws. Totally. Um, and then, But then two, it allows you to... Impose character flaws. Oh, they're out there murdering people or something like that, right? Yeah, you know, like- well, as we would
0: put it, if you asked, you know, 100 people what's wrong with Trump, you're going to get 10 answers. If you ask 100 people what's wrong with Hillary Clinton, you're going to get 50 to 75 answers. And that's a problem.
1: You ask 100 people what's wrong with Trump, you'll get like two or three answers. <laughs> two or
0: three answers. No, and that's the great thing is, is when you choose your vices and you have them so public and consistent, you can make sure that your public vices are not deal breakers for your position. And mm-hmm. none of, you know, like misogyny or like, like huge ego, like all the Trump problems do not make him incapable of being president. Where, you know, if you have a vice like senility, that could actually, you know, be a deal breaker for presidency. So is this actually... A super freaking brilliant move, where they're like, "We're going to take a vice, we're going to own it. We are corrupt. We have a corrupt family, but we are dark Brandon. Like we we are we are embracing it." And is that really appealing to you? These these are this isn't just like a thing that that like literal White House operatives are starting to adopt. Which and we, we can well, share some sources on this
1: historically. Um, and you compare the way people viewed Bill Clinton versus the way they view Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. This I think highlights one of Bill's greatest strengths: mm. is that he leaned into. You know, his advice was, and when he did that, his poll numbers went up. Mm -hmm. When it came out that he had cheated on his wife and lied about it and stuff like that. People were like, oh, now I know what's wrong with you. And I can sort of mentally contain. Now, keep in mind, all we're talking about here was all this stuff is perception. Yeah. Right? We are not saying that this is actually what's wrong with these political candidates or actually what's not wrong. Most of these political candidates have many bigger things that are wrong with them than these public perceptions. What we're talking here is this game of public perception.
0: But public perception is what gets you elected or not elected. So in the end, that's what matters, right? Well,
1: and and they may be leaning into it because they feel that they can't avoid it anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. They can't
1: avoid the public perception of corruption. So you might as well just completely roll in, in it. So in. that that is the negative that everyone assumes to the extent of, you know, Biden's you know, in his speech and he does like a Trumpism. He's well, I got away with it, didn't I? You know?
0: Yeah, well, at one point he even put on sunglasses and kind of like a hat tip to the dark Biden campaign. Like the crowd cheered. I really think like this could be the thing that makes his reelection possible. Because I do do feel like going into things before, even though it, it was... You know, he's coming in from an incumbent position. He's coming in strong. This
1: re election is completely dependent on whether the Republican Party fractures between two candidates or stays united. I don't think by. it
0: will because DeSantis is currently performing pretty poorly, although he did hire a new campaign manager recently. But I think what he, I think DeSantis is the one who's really like messing up right here. So Trump is, I'm just one more indictment away from presidency, right? Like, Trump is leaning in. He's like his great old self. Biden is now going dark. Biden, like we've got two very good caricatures going. And I think caricatures are golden in a elect- Elections? No, but
1: the point I'm making is this election actually isn't decided by the strengths of the candidates. Mm. It's decided by internal Republican Party politics.
0: Yeah, That's I just what... I think the Republican Party is pragmatic enough to not try to push DeSantis if DeSantis isn't, you know, isn't kind of like- gonna... Really?
1: I'm not saying that it will be DeSantis. You don't know who else is going to come up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, anything Um, can happen at this point.
1: It's not, I mean, yeah, we'll see. But I I think to a large extent, the strength of the Republican position in this next election is actually, Biden's messaging and everything like that is largely going to be irrelevant. I I think it would be pretty hard for him to beat a united Trump front or a united somebody else front. But I think it'd be fairly trivial for him to beat any sort of divided front.
0: I do think though, I actually, I personally find the concept of dark Brandon, much more appealing. I feel better about having a dark Brandon president than I did about Sleepy Joe, if you know what I mean. It's just more fun. Well,
1: and I think that shows the strengths of of, uh, Trump's branding in terms of the way he paints negatives for people is he created Mm -hmm. simple, easy to understand negatives, which could be paired with video and stuff like that and build this into your brain
0: and Mm -hmm. so the question
1: is why is sleepy joe such an effective attack because it's not a particularly damning attack oh he's no It, it it implies low energy and it implies um more than i think senility It implies personal weakness of character.
0: Well, actually, you know, it's really funny, the Sleepy Joe moniker. There's this one episode of Doctor Who where Doctor Who decides he's going to destroy the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. And he says something like, I will destroy you with three little words. And he turns to a press agent and he says, she looks tired. And supposedly this just like completely destroys her, I I think. But, you know, like they they really present it with a lot of... gravitas oh, and that, that why moment? we're
1: going to be great presidential candidates all <laughs> energy all the time yeah. Will be like, yeah, yeah, I'm actually surprised we don't get more. You look like you're on drugs. We're not on drugs, by the you way. You
0: got that a lot with the with the Chris Williamson appearance. No, a lot of people I were I like, got a
1: couple of those, you're that.
0: definitely on amphetamines. Everyone was sure you were on amphetamines. No, guys, this is like literally him at five in the morning. I'm not kidding you. Like, I have, to, I have to tell him to not get.
1: Yeah, he to said to be rooms. really quick with that interview because I didn't know how long it was going to last. I thought it was going to be 30 <laughs> minutes and I was trying to get everything in as quickly as possible. <laughs> Whereas in our own podcast, I can afford to be much, much more relaxed in my timing. I
0: actually I wonder though if if in the future when we have a greater understanding of the way that our genetics function and we have a greater understanding of the way like of the various chemicals in your body if like literally you are experiencing like your default state is what many people
1: experience when they're on
0: amphetamine. I really wonder that because like you are high energy
1: I suspect it might be why I drink so much is to get myself into a normal state you know yeah, just to
0: bring body. yeah just to bring yourself back down to, to slow your mind down I really I, I genuinely believe that so one thing I'm curious about is okay so we're seeing like with dark Brandon I think really strong campaign action I, I deeply admire it I find it comp- I'm glad they're leaning into it. I want to see where it goes with this election. When you run for office, what are your clear vices going to be?
1: I am arrogant as hell. I want it to be arrogant and elitist.
0: Arrogant and elitist.
1: Yeah, I I want people to know that I think I'm better than them.
0: Not so that I, you think that you're better than them, Malcolm, that you know that you're better than them. I know them. that I'm
1: better than them. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that it's natural to who I am. I am, it, it's something that I have trouble suppressing is is arrogance. Because no, it, it, no it's, I, a,
0: a, I think a good vice, and I think why dark Brandon works, is that it's true. Is it like, it is incontroverted. Like when, when you look at the reports, the investigation into what's going on with Hunter Biden, like it's bad. And there's very little that
1: they can do. to attend- the thing is is nerdy weirdness is the other thing I'm going to really. No,
0: sorry. That's a, mm, my my weakness is an employee candidate and then I just work too hard. That is not, that is a humble brag and that is not I advice. do not
1: think so. So mm. I think that you see it that way. The real key to advice, okay, in, in the political sphere is can you get your opponent's press to bite it oh, and- to make
0: fun of you. Well, and Ben Shapiro did call you like a big fat nerd. Didn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is on our own side. Right. Oh. But no, there was this Yahoo news piece about us that just basically went through our Reddit history and it was, oh, did yeah, you know, they follow like Tumblr in action and, and fat logic and all of these meanish right-leaning stuff. So when I say nerdy weirdness, I don't mean like general nerdy weirdness. I mean like. You mean
0: like internet freak. Weirdness. Yeah.
1: And and also keep in mind, you know, I have looked at the way people attack us on the Reddit threads that have done really well. You know, we, we typically, we have a few Reddit threads that are over like 50,000 upvotes on us. <laughs>
0: oh, uh, and I, Well, I, upvotes on hate about us. Let's be clear. Oh yeah, here.
1: hate about us. Yeah, nobody mm. likes us. Mm. Hate about us. And, you know, very common stuff is, is, do you know he had a body pillow made of an anime version of his wife? <laughs> I mean, clearly I did this for fun, but like they really wanted to lean into how disgusting and terrible this was that I had done this. I, I think that, or that when I proposed to you, one of the images we used was like an MLP fandom, My Little Pony fandom image. I, I think that you may underestimate how much and, and this is one thing that Trump did that was really, really smart. Yeah. He, he would bait reporters with lines that given their ideological perspective, they thought were things that they could use against him, but the majority of the population actually agreed with. A, a great example here is when he's like, oh, we don't want to be like one of those, you know, I think it was like shitty countries in Africa or something like that, he said. No, I um, think it was
0: something about like, accepting immigrants from shitty countries in Africa or something, but yeah, it's yeah. very offensive and to people that he said-
1: how dare he call countries in africa shitty And they just went off on this, where the majority of America was like, oh, that's pretty based. Even (laughs) Dems were like, yeah, they're pretty shitty. You're actually
0: reminding me, though, of a really uh, an amazing, I would say, vice leveraging tactic or vice Aikido tactic that Trump uses that has been underutilized in the world of the political sphere. So right now, what most politicians do when they're presented with a question that they don't want to answer or an accusation that they don't want to address, they immediately change the subject. like They asked as though they were asked an entirely different question Trump does not if if someone's oh you know what about this woman who accused you of sexual assault and he'll be like well first she's not my type I have no idea but like the fact that he says stuff like that and one shows he's he's taking one accused vice oh you sexually assaulted a woman and then he like switches it to another vice of oh yes I am misogynistic and oh yes I am very like self-important
1: yeah, but this other thing isn't is true. That's actually really powerful. Yes. If somebody accuses you of a vice you don't want to have publicly, mm-hmm. you transform it into another vice through the way you answer. Yes, but meet, there meet like... vice
0: accusations that are not on brand for you with your own vice. I think yes. that's like the the trick, and I don't know how Trump does it so naturally, but he does. He's so good at it. Okay, so you're yeah. going to be a nerd, and you are going to be. What about
1: you? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I don't do you not no. have any vices.
0: No, that's I think that's the problem, is is my vice is I am oppressively boring. Um, so I don't think our
1: audience would think that. I, I I think okay, so within conservative spheres, your big vice, and people say this, is that you look like a progressive. Yeah,
0: but we we might be growing out our hair because Brian Kaplan thought it would be a good idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we'll so, say, Yeah, we were told that she should grow out her hair, and we're like,
0: no, he said just per the audience we're going, and I'm like, yeah, you're you're right. I can't pull it off as well, but he's he's right. So maybe maybe I won't look like a so
1: what. But that's
0: not a vice. That's not
1: a good vice. That she looks like a progressive. That I what, I don't know what should be your vice. I mean, it's your choice there's lots of things wrong with you.
0: Yeah, but it has to be like, and there's tons of things wrong. I with think
1: it, but- you could lean into the whole autistic thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, just yeah, just okay to be like too autistic. Not liking to talk to people, like turning away from people trying to give you their baby. And you know,
0: maybe that's DeSantis's problem. Your mom before she passed away was convinced that DeSantis was autistic. autistic. Yeah, yeah. She's I can tell. And she, I mean, she called our son well before he was diagnosed. So yeah, she's yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, she. she knows what she's doing. God rest your soul, of course. We miss her a lot. She will never be forgotten. But yeah, maybe what he should be doing in terms of pivoting in this campaign. And one reason why he's failing is one, he doesn't have any clear vices. He's trying to be like Mr. Perfect with his wife, being all beautiful and nonsense and like going on a campaign for him. But he, I think he's missing that strong character with the dark side and the light side. And I don't really, what's wrong with him? What do you think is wrong with him? I don't know, I, I, I couldn't say. And that's the problem, you know, that's why he's not doing so well. That's why he, I think he fired his campaign manager because he's not, he's not getting trapped well, in. But I think the bigger problem is he doesn't have- My arms.
1: read, and I'm not really following this too much. So so if, if this video does well, if people want like campaign talk, I'll start following campaign politics again <laughs> and, <laughs> and do more on it because I, it's something that I can get addicted to. I've gotten really addicted to political news in previous cycles. <laughs> just like a constant fire hose when I get into it. So I'm happy, if, if this does well, I'm happy to do more on this, but my read is somebody who's not really following it, is he just, he comes across as trying really hard to make this work and it's mm. just not working.
0: Mm. Yeah, and well, if- I think the bigger problem is that his original campaign strategy was, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the culture wars president everything's culture worse. He kept pivoting answers back to, oh, and I'm going to make this about, you know, gender and all this other stuff. When that's, I think, surprisingly not really what people care about that much. No,
1: people care about their kids being like brainwashed and stuff. And this is, I think, a mistake that the Republican upper brass is just really slow on right now. Republicans do not hate gay people, okay? They don't even dislike the gay people. They, they dislike... The way that, that trans people are getting special privileges within some circumstances, they dislike the way that this stuff is taking over our school system, but they have no actual animosity to the gay community uh, other than th- where they vote different from them. I mean, Milo Yiannopoulos, you know, back when he was gay, I don't know what's going on with him now. He was the gayest motherfucker I've ever seen. He presented with, with all of the stereotypes and stuff like that. And he was generally really well-liked in the conservative sphere. And, and, and this comes to something that we might do a full video on later, is progressives have created a narrative. And unfortunately, I think the upper brass of the Republican Party, and this has been one of the mistakes that DeSantis has, has fallen into, who created a narrative where conservatives are like, actually racist or actually homophobic they're like Hmm. no like being having a lot of gay friends that doesn't make you not homophobic or you know and and it's no it it actually does (laughs) what you mean when you say that is the only way to not be homophobic is to agree with you that is not you know as as i said in a tweet i wrote recently i signed up to be an ally not a minion okay and you don't get to call me homophobic when i'm not a minion i don't i don't have any animosity towards gay people i don't want them to to suffer but i also don't think that they you know get the right to culturally impose this on other groups or other groups kids and that's so how i understand the, the republicans anger there Well, any more than like anti-gay kids,
0: groups can post. yeah
1: he's specifically like actually seems to be targeting gay people like he's like actually like fuck gay people like what like I don't know. That's been my read of his campaigns.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's, it's, it's insufficiently culturally compelling. Whereas like r- really weird, dumb stuff like dark Brandon is, you know, and I th- again, people are really discounting that, you know, Trump won because people wanted someone to break the system. It was that simple. Like we are not, people, you know, get a lot into policy and, you know, all these debates. The debates are just to see how- He also did a really good job
1: are. as president. I, we, we should do another video on just Trump someday. Because I have a lot of problems with his, his personal character, but he, I think objectively, if you just go through it, was a, a genuinely really good president.
0: Oh yeah, he hashtag nailed it. It's very- Especially
1: foreign <laughs> policy-wise, uh, which is my <laughs> core area of focus. He was just phenomenal foreign policy president. Really, really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Whereas right now, the Biden administration is apparently releasing about $3 billion in frozen assets in North Korea to Iran in exchange for some prisoners, telling Iran that they get about $1.5 billion per prisoner. So now they're like really incentivized to kidnap people. So friends, don't go to Iran right now. It's just not a good no. idea, especially if you matter to the United States government. Okay. So anyway, yeah, I feel like the Biden foreign policy team, which is really interesting because I think a lot of people originally voted for for Hillary Clinton, for example, and then next for Biden, because they were like, well, this is the responsible choice. We're not voting for a person. We're voting for a larger network of advisors. And because, yes, it's it's actually pretty clear Trump's Trump's cabinet and team was pretty chaotic. There was really high turnover. There was a concern that, that you wouldn't really get the policy support, the foreign network that you would need to succeed in the executive office. And yet, you know, with with Biden in office, we're really not seeing policies that give me a lot of comfort, which is interesting.
1: And I think that a lot of Trump's vices played really well into his ability to be a president. So Mm. one of the things that I think a lot of people slept on is, is, is why the economy did so well when Trump was president, you know, until COVID, but not much you can do about that. It was that he was so economically unpredictable, And what people don't realize, I think often about the markets, is that they are hopelessly optimistic. They're always looking for some upside they haven't expected yet. So when you look at things like his restrictions on China, what that meant is there was always the potential in the future for some big economic uplift. Hmm. And as long as the investor class believes there is a near future potential that they can't predict of economic uplift, they are going to continue to invest in the market.
0: Mm, so it was um, Trump's very unpredictability that both from an economic and a foreign policy perspective made people it, behave well.
1: No, it was that he was doing things that artificially held down the market mm. that he could easily turn off that led to the market almost always rising. When I'm putting money on the market, what I'm doing is I'm saying how much higher could the market go from where it is now. Mm-hmm. And, Perfect political environment for the market means you have reached the market peak and it's time to start selling. As long as you create the assumption that the market environment is suboptimal, which Trump was constantly doing through <laughs> often pretty dumb economic policy <laughs> you, well it wasn't dumb in its result right because it did yeah. well, uh, we'll say cha- chaotic
0: economic, economic policy
1: foreign policy where he was punishing foreign actors that he should have been punishing and that we now know he should have been publishing because biden carried on all these policies no one talks about it it's, mm. it's, it's, the, the the public perception of what's going on in politics i think is so different than what's actually going on
0: hmm yeah. Well, and I think there's also the question of what does the executive office really do? And, and you know, I think the the character of a president is underrated in, in influencing a nation's well, yeah, position yeah. on the world stage. Like the, just narratively, what people think of the president and how they model the president may make just maybe not just as much, maybe just as much of an impact as all of their different policy choices throughout their- well, I think
1: I think it makes a bigger impact. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that the reason, I mean, not to talk foreign policy, I think the reason Putin did not invade Ukraine while Trump was president, despite him being, you know, inclined towards Russia, is I think Putin genuinely believed that Trump might decide to do something like nuke Moscow. He genuinely portrayed this air of mental instability and aggressiveness, yeah. and 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 not understanding the outcomes of his actions. And I think that a lot of dumb people in the public like just absolutely believe like that he actually was that way. And I don't think he was that way at all. I, I don't think he was 4D chess either. I think yeah. he was like a dad who knew what was going on, and sometimes he. He he fell into the right circumstances, but he oh. he wasn't an absolute genius, but he, oh, well,
0: here's, here's, and I think Trump is a genius at some things. Okay. Yeah. He's an absolute genius at hype, at, at PR, you know, like him being his own press agent when he couldn't even afford to that have a That made own. me
1: respect him so much.
0: Yeah. So it, for, for color, the, for background.
1: It, it, yeah. When I really start to respect somebody and press, I believe is press that would make somebody look bad. And there was that case where people release these recordings. You, you want to talk about it?
0: Basically, I think when Trump was originally running, someone released a recording of him pretending to be his own press agent, trying to promote Trump, I think, for, you know, Forbes' top wealthy people list or something. Yeah, top 10 wealthiest people. And at the time, of course, he was so obscure that people didn't know his voice or his mannerisms. So when he called this person on the phone talking about Trump pretending to be his agent he he's totally sounded like himself and um, you know trump he's such a great guy he's just the best every you know i can't do trump but like he did trump as trump's agent oh, well. so it's very obviously it was him but when we that, were like dude this guy has hustle this guy makes things happen and he is a hype machine he knows what to do he knows where to apply pressure and he's not above doing things like this whereas most people would never deign to first off, even self promote, like many people can't deign to hire a press agent. Not only could he deign to do that, he could deign to do it himself. Well,
1: and, like, yeah, the sad thing is, is Trump has this personal self image that that is he is a a wealthy person from a wealthy family and he is high class and he has this so much that he he doesn't portray just how self-made he actually is. Mm -hmm. And I think moments like that, when he's first getting on the wealthiest person's list that he can't even afford his own PR agent, and he is pretending to be his own (laughs) PR agent to talk himself up, I think shows the reality of the situation. And if we talk about his finances at the time, you know, the left will will take this. This is a damning thing. So the way Trump actually got rich, because I think a lot of people don't really understand what he did So if you're born to a pretty wealthy family, the the sane, unambitious thing to do is to take that money, to invest it, and to live a life where you never have to really worry about medical expenses or running out of money or anything like that. That could have been Trump's life. He was born to a wealthy enough family that realistically he never had to worry about money. You could also do something stupid, take that money and blow it on drugs, right? Right? That's what many people do as vices in wealthy families. Trump did something actually insane that that actually makes me respect him a little less because it was just such an insane move. He went around and convinced people who would give him debt that he had more assets than he had. So he didn't just take debt out against the assets that he owned so that he would be broke given his own assets. He pretended that he owned things his dad owned and took out debt against that. Then he took all of this debt he accumulated and bet it on New York real estate in a way where if the real estate market had gone down, somebody who literally could have lived their entire life without worrying about money. Would end up, well, he would have gone bankrupt and and would have had to give up his assets and stuff like that. And he, he might have been okay. Like his dad could have said, these aren't his assets. But then could the bank have put something on him so they could have taken the assets later? But basically live life with nothing for the rest of your life. So he took a gamble there. And it worked. Now, now that I'm thinking through, this is actually a pretty smart gamble. So I'll explain why it was a smart gamble. (laughs) So what's the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is the New York real estate market goes down as it did when he did the, I think the Atlanta deal, because he did this a few times. And one of the times it actually did go bust on him, just not the first time, which provided him with enough money that he didn't have to worry about it, Hmm. but borrowed money that he didn't have, like against money he didn't have and made these big sort of economic gambles on real estate if it had gone tits up yes he would have gone broke but because he hadn't gotten the money from his dad yet he would have just gone bankrupt and then later when his dad died he would have gotten a big inheritance oh And not really... okay i take it back actually a pretty brilliant plan oh with gosh. a moderate cost to him but actually not a very big cost the biggest cost associated with this gambit would actually have been the wire fraud charges which Simone and I had a long discussion offline about how big a cost that actually would be given that it might not have been in the bank's financial interest to pursue those charges. We've actually had this as a problem with our businesses where like... We're mad at somebody and we totally want to sue them, but there's just literally no economic upside to suing them as a business, so we just decide not to because lawsuits are expensive. And she was pointing out that even if the charges did go through, people with that in their background, you know, even some people we know, still find ways to do business. Uh, That's specifically where the wire fraud charges would hurt you so much. They would make you very, very difficult to take out loans and stuff in the future.
0: But Uh, I, I think that this is this is like a microcosm for one of the things that made Trump a really good foreign policy figure for the particular time in which he was in office. He he's super based macho man just. Balls out. What she you going to do? I'm going to bomb you. What do you think? Of- and people are like, legit, I think he's going to bomb you. You probably should.
1: <laughs> well, no, they, it wasn't that they thought he was going to bomb them. It was that they thought there was a non-zero chance he would bomb them.
0: Yeah, well, he was, he was enough of an agent of chaos and he was enough of an ego-driven man-man. Where like...
1: What was it- that? Where he just like randomly they they crossed a line for him and so he was like okay well then I'll cross a line I'll nuke one of your diplomats not nuke what was it no, he sent like a, a guided like missile on the guy's car
0: yeah oh, i nervous.
1: can't remember exactly what happened but what was really interesting about it i think was such a diplomatic like overreach it showed such diplomatic overreach that no one would normally do yeah. but it was also so incredibly targeted it mm-hmm. was i say you don't do something I'm going to do something that is an equal offense to what you just did, mm-hmm. but that targets top people within your military community this was Iran, I think actually. what's this Iran? I can't what Iran? Anyway, I've been forgetting, but yeah, so that you personally and your families personally feel there may be some price to pay that is equivalent to, the, to you, to your top brass, but feel like random people you're killing. Yeah. Um, a lot of people could say that can spiral out of control. I think what we've seen with what's going on with the Ukraine war in Russia, is actually a lot harder for things to spiral out of control than the public thinks. Mm, yeah. um, in fact, it's never really happened except for the Cuban Missile Crisis, which, okay, there it almost did, did actually spiral out of control.
0: But I also think that there's a lot of value to like boiling complex issues down to really simplistic actions. And, and narratives and Trump was very capable of doing that. And I think he also drew other figures into simplistic detente essentially that like really worked well in foreign policy. Well, we need um, to do
1: a whole video just on Trump's Middle Eastern policy, which was really <laughs> good.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see how this video does. This is this is doing something a little bit, you know. And I didn't evergreen. prep
1: beforehand, so obviously I'm mentioning a bunch of stuff where I don't I don't remember all the specifics, so I probably got some stuff wrong. But there too.
0: there is something pretty universal and clever here, which is like the the power of vices and the power of simple characters, and I think it's so 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 underrated. You know everyone wants to be perfect. We've even had people who've read our books where we talk about this, where like you have to have super simple vices and super simple virtues. And people have been like, Okay, well, here are the virtues that I that I've chosen for myself, and here are the vices. All the vices are just virtues, like they're just humble brags. Well, and yeah, then all of you've the- done
1: the same thing, Simone. I asked you what your vices are, and you wouldn't get me. My vices anything. are that I'm I'm bored. Okay, dear
0: YouTube please select my vices for me because I just can't figure it. Maybe it's that I hate people and that I'm secretly really evil on the inside because that's probably true. You know, maybe it's that I, I I don't know. It's bad. Malcolm, you're good. This is why you're going to run. I'm not not a good person to run. You're
1: running in the first election. The people who want to fund us, they want a woman.
0: Okay, YouTube, please figure out my vices fast because apparently I need them. But Malcolm, I love you and I especially love your vices. What, What is it that Churchill said? He said something like, he has none of the vices I love and all the virtues I hate. Something like that. The man, that man understood vices. This is, okay. mm, it's a universal thing that has withstood, the, with, withstood the, the test of time. So, well, I love this conversation. I think maybe we might have some more of these, but yeah, we'll see. And I'm very
1: excited for the next, next election cycle. I'm sure we'll be doing more politics, even if it doesn't do oh, well.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's too fun. Can't not do it.
1: All right. Have a good one.
0: Love you, Malcolm.